Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm your host and your freedom coach, Don Scott Damon. Now, normally I have the sisterhood with me, but tonight I'm having to do it by myself. And that's okay, because tonight I want to talk to you about a really important issue. In fact, we're dedicating the whole month of April to this topic. That's right, April is National Sexual Assault Awareness Month. We call it SAM. And this year, the 2016 campaign for SAM is to focus on prevention. Did you know that childhood sexual abuse can be prevented? Not 100% because if a perpetrator has a mind to do harm, they may find a way to do it. But you can dramatically reduce the opportunity for your child or any child to be sexually abused by prevention, by paying attention, by awareness. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. So let's get into this tonight and let's talk about how you or I can help prevent childhood sexual abuse, or any any abuse, but specifically sexual abuse. First of all, what's prevention? Well, prevention aims to stop sexual abuse before it has a chance to happen. And it's possible to create communities where everyone is treated with respect and equality. I know that sounds like pie in the sky, but we can get there. It can be done by promoting safe behaviors and thoughtful policies, healthy relationships, and healthy attitudes, we can intervene and we can stop problematic and disrespectful behavior by having the right attitude. We can help by creating safe environments. You know, if somebody's giving a joke and it's just not funny, you can raise your voice and say, I don't find that to be funny because we need to promote safety and survivors are hurting. That's not a funny subject. So let's talk about some of the things that you and I can do, maybe a few ways, six or seven ways that we can be a part of prevention. The first thing that we can do is learn the facts. Just educate yourself, understand the risks. And if you would understand the risks, you would be led more by reality than trust. So oftentimes we trust our instincts when statistics tell us that we shouldn't. Do you know that one in four girls will be sexually abused before their 18th birthday, and one in six boys will have been sexually abused by the same time? So we need to consider this. Next time you walk through a mall or down a street and you see several children or many children, think about that as you're looking at that crowd. One in four of those little girls are being abused, or one in six of those boys Look around, you can do the math, but only one in 10 will ever report. They won't tell. Those children are most likely going to keep that secret well into adulthood, and they're probably gonna suffer psychological, emotional, and social, physical problems, and they're gonna be about 40 years old when all of a sudden all of the balls are gonna start popping up out of the water, or have you ever been to Chuck E. Cheese and you see the game of the the Weebles or the um, Whack-A-Mole, I think it's called. At some point in, in the life of a child, I know it was true for me, I know it's been 
true for many of the women that I've ministered to and men as well. You get to a certain point in your life and you can no longer hide that anymore. So take time to learn the facts and understand the risks. The average age of a child being abused is about nine, but 22% of the children are abused under the age of eight. So pay attention to that. And you know what? Here's another thing. Most likely, you know an abuser. Most abusers, they're not strangers. They're our friends. They are our family members. 34% of victims are abused by family members. And 59% are abused by someone we we think we trust. Someone we say. They may not be blood-related, but they're like an aunt. They're like an uncle. They're someone we trust. And this is actually a common tactic for abusers, first to establish a really loving, trusting relationship with the child and with you parents, and then the abuse can happen. So uh, also be aware of older children. Younger children are often abused by an older child. I know the subject is so heavy and it's so deep, and someday I'd really much rather talk about you know, puppies and ice cream but the reality is, is that God has put on my life a mandate to help raise awareness and speak out on behalf of the children and the women, the survivors, the men survivors who have been abused. Those who are sexually abused children are drawn to places where they have easy access to children. So be careful, you know, clubs and sporting things and Sunday school and Faith centers, unfortunately, are among the top of those things. So learn the facts. Okay, step number two, minimize opportunity. If you eliminate or reduce the one-on-one, -on -one, one adult and one child situation, you will dramatically lower, maybe even up to 80%, you will dramatically lower the risk of sexual abuse for your child. Remember, again, that abusers often befriend the child and the friend's family in order to gain their trust. So always look for group situations. Make sure that if someone's going to babysit, your child is not the only one, or if there's more than one adult at the home. One-on-one -on -one situations is a feeding ground for abuse to happen. And then strongly encourage policies limiting that one-on-one -on -one situation with the youth-related and all, all of your situations. Just know my child is not al allowed to be with one adult at a time. And once people know that you're implementing rules and that you insist that uh, your child is treated this way, then people begin to understand, wow, you're an adult who's got it going on. You're somebody who's paying attention. You're not somebody whose head is in the clouds, but you get the situation, you understand it, and you pose a threat to any abusers. So here's another thing you can do when you know that you are paying someone to babysit or your child is with someone, tell them you're going to be back at a certain time and then drop in unexpectedly when your child is alone with any adult. Monitor that and see what, let them know. I could be here at any moment. You begin to set um, a standard that says you just don't know when I'm going to call or when I'm going to show up or when I'm going to FaceTime. So... And also monitor, here's another way you can minimize opportunity. Monitor your, monitor your child's internet use. I hope your kids aren't on the internet. I hope that no child under 13 is on the internet by themselves. And even then, 13 through 16, 
just an absolute target audience for pedophiles, set an example by personally avoiding the one-on-one -on -one adult situation with other children. Set an example by limiting internet use for your own children and those children that you care for. Here's step three. Talk about it. Children will often keep abuse a secret, but those barriers can be broken down if you talk openly and unashamedly about child abuse. It's very important for you to understand why children don't tell. Kids are afraid of disappointing their parents. That's one reason. I don't want to get in trouble by my mom and dad. I, they'll, be, they'll be angry at me. They'll be sad, and I don't want that, so I'll keep it a secret. Children don't tell because they're afraid of disrupting the family. Somebody will go to jail, and it'll be all my fault. Or my mom will be mad at my dad, and it'll be all my fault. Or the abuser oftentimes has threatened the child. They threaten the child. They threaten the child's pet. They threatened a family member. They've given the children or the, the child that they're abusing so much fear and lies and laced with threats. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. And no child wants to see the dog die or my mom have a heart attack and it will be all my fault. I need my mom, so I'll keep this secret. A lot of times abusers, they shame the child, right? They point out that, well, you're the one that let it happen. How many times have you heard that before? Or it tells them that, you know, their parents will be angry. I mentioned that. Some children don't tell initially because they're afraid to tell when it's happened more than once. Well, why didn't you tell right away? And some children are just too young to understand. And maybe they believe it's a game and that they're just, this is the way they play. Or, or maybe this is how everybody is. Because children don't tell when they have these secrets, you have to know and watch how they communicate. They're not going to just come up and tell you. Um, they might tell a trusted friend other than an adult, but training with people to work with children in any capacity is very important. Children may tell parts of what happened, or they pretended it was someone else. It wasn't them, but it was a friend of theirs, and they'll watch how you react or gauge your response. Children pay attention if they shut down or if they refuse to talk or they become more angry than normal or more emotional or more withdrawn than normal or you start to see bad behavior. You might be listening to a child who's telling you in other ways. And so please don't think that you've parented your child in a poor manner. Just rush in and, and get them to open up. Talk with your children openly. Teach them. It's your job to protect them. Teach your child about inappropriate and appropriate touch. Teach your job, teach your children, it's your job to teach them um, about, you, you know, what is safe and what is not. And tell them no matter what anybody tells you, you can tell mom, you can tell dad, I will never be angry. And then demonstrate that daily with other things. If you tell your child you'll never be angry at them, but they see you angry about far less, you can guarantee they're not going to tell you something this paramount. They are going to avoid it. So make sure that your behavior follows your words. And then listen quietly. You know, children, they have a hard time saying something, um, especially about troubling events. So take time to let them formulate their thoughts. Listen and teach your child about their body, you know, what abuse is and what's appropriate and what's not.
and what if something makes you uncomfortable what do I do when I'm uncomfortable if you start this early and often you really increase the opportunity for your child to be safeguarded if and when sexual abuse ever presents itself here's the fourth thing that you can do stay alert don't expect obvious signs when a child is being abused signs are, are often there but you're going to have to spot them so stay alert there are physical signs there's emotional signs there are yeah physical signs such as you know stomach aches and anxiety and infections you know bladder infections so pay attention to that and then behavioral signs of you know all of a sudden displaying or acting out in behaviors all of a sudden rebellious or unexplained anger or withdrawal and depression so sexual behavior and language that are not age appropriate can become a red flag also you see in your child do something that they shouldn't be doing or shouldn't know about that's a sign and be aware that in some children there's no signs at all but if you suspect if you suspect something or if you see any physical signs whatsoever make sure that you call the National Children's Alliance at 1-800-239-9950 I'm going to give you that number again National Children's Alliance 1-800-239-9950 by the way I'm sharing this material from a blog called Kids First it's a help and healing and hope and it's an article that says seven ways to prevent child abuse some of my thoughts and things that I've taken tonight are from this article and I thought it was really really well done so I wanted to make sure that I share it with you not only from you know this standpoint of a voice but as a as a victim as a former survivor saying that I wish some of this had been done not because I wanted to be disruptive to the family I wanted my family to have help and healing and wholeness and I just wonder if my dad my dad would have found some kind of help if if we would have been able to get him to a place where deliverance could take place and freedom ah such a difficult thing here's step number five for you tonight make a plan learn where to go learn who to call learn how to react I cannot stress this enough please learn how to react don't overreact if you find out something's happened just stay as calm as you can when your child breaks the news stay calm just like you would if if your child was receiving a bad grade at school and you had to listen to the teacher explain and hopefully you stay calm in those situations but follow a plan that you've made in advance stay calm if your child reports abuse reassure them of your love and affirm them and get some help but an overreaction will really frighten a child and that might be the end of what you'll hear and so and believe your child if you hear something make sure that you believe the child is going to feel guilty already so don't don't act or react with anger or disbelief the response from the child may be that they would shut down they would hide from you again that they would take on guilt and more guilt and shame and that that would be the end of it so it's very harmful 
to disbelieve your child. Very few reported incidents are false. I think you just need to understand that very seldom is a child lying. So hopefully you'll never need to use these skills, but I hope that you'll be prepared in case you ever have your child or a child you're in charge of disclose to you that you believe they believe that they, they are being harmed or hurt. Okay, believe the child, make sure they know it. Here's step number six. Act on your suspicion. A child's well-being may depend on it. This is a hard thing to do, but kids first incorporated within seven counties that they serve, they're available to take your phone call once again at the 1-800-239-9950. But trust your gut feeling. They're most often right. A child can't afford for you to take the chance that it's wrong. If you are reluctant, please call the National Children's Alliance or Kids First Incorporated. If you're in a situation where you suspect abuse but you don't have proof, you're often reluctant to report, but please make a phone call. And then lastly, just get involved. Just get involved. Use your voice and let people know that you're aware of the situation. Let people know that you're someone who has an open heart and an open eye and an open mind and that you're looking, you're aware, you're prepared to prevent and act. And I do that a lot when I'm speaking or I'm sharing something. I say, you know, I'm a mandatory reporter and I will report. But even if I wasn't, I'm going to report because I want to save children. And it's righteousness to prevent and to report. Okay, so speak up and promote healthy attitudes and believe survivors when they disclose and create prevention policies wherever you might be in your home, your family, your workplace, your school, your church, and support people, businesses, local businesses and, and health ministries and things like that who take a place, who are part of this sexual assault awareness and prevention. All right, so that's what I wanted to share with you tonight. That was a lot of material to get through. I hope it's helping you. And I am going to take a break, and I will be right back. Hey, girls, I want you to visit me on my webpage, DawnScottDamon.com, or my Facebook page, Dawn Scott Damon. On my Facebook page, I'm running a daily event, whether it's a live podcast, if it's a word in season like Word Fusion Wednesday, if it's Freedom Friday and it's a quote for you, we're having great giveaways, we're doing podcast teachings, and I also want to let you know that I have my Freedom Girl Sisterhood Conference coming up November 5th. It's a ways away so you can get it on your calendar and start telling people about it today. Visit me at the Freedom Girl Sisterhood, that's Freedom Girl sisterhood.com for more information. Welcome back, everybody. I'm glad you're here. And hey, for the last few minutes that we have left on our Freedom Girl Sisterhood podcast tonight, I want to talk to the survivor now just for a moment. I want to let you know I understand what it means to be abused. I understand what sexual abuse feels like, not only as a child, but in young adulthood. And for so many years, I kept silent. I was ashamed. I lived in secrecy. And quite frankly, I didn't even know 
that it was something that I should be echoing from the mountaintops. I didn't know. I thought maybe everybody went through what I was going through. That was just what it was to be a girl. But now I find out, no, that is not what everyone goes through, and that indeed I was being assaulted on a regular basis. So I just want to give you survivors four steps, okay? If you're someone who's listening to this podcast tonight and you're saying, boy, that's me and I've never told anyone, that's the first step I want to give you. Don't keep it a secret. You know, someone once said that I'm only as sick as my secrets. I don't know who said that, but it makes good sense to me. Abuse creates shame and shame creates silence. And silence makes you unhealthy. So shatter that silence. Just Exhale it out. Let it go. Release your story to someone safe. And by safe, I mean someone educated, someone trained, someone who understands, someone who won't shame you or respond poorly to you. You're disclosing for the very first time. It's so important that you're telling someone who you trust with the information and you have a sense would know what to do. And when you do that, that domination of abuse, that control of abuse will be broken off of your life. You don't have to tell everybody your story, okay? Um, Full transparency can come as you grow stronger. But don't be one of the women who won't ever tell. There is freedom in telling. So listen to your freedom coach tonight. I want you to know that in the next few months, if you've never told someone, that would be a great goal for you as you prepare yourself to walk in freedom and be free. Shatter the silence. Don't keep it a secret. That's what April is all about, bringing awareness to sexual assault. Okay, number two, this is what I want you to do. Name it. Call it what it is. Sexual assault, abuse, trauma, sinned against, raped. Whatever your story is, recognize it for what it is. You have been overpowered and you've been violated and that is never okay. So do not dismiss your wounds. And do not just turn another, uh, you know, blind eye to it because if you are being abused, chances are there's a bundle of abuse going on. You, You have encountered other types of abuse because there's emotional abuse that goes along with sexual abuse. Emotional abuse is um, intimidation and threats or humiliation, shame. dishonor, manipulation, you feeling demeaned and mocked. And there's physical abuse. Maybe you're being dominated or forced. Maybe there's physical harm going along. There is such a thing as spousal abuse or intimate partner abuse, parental abuse. Do not stay in abuse. There's physical harm and pushing, slapping, hitting, pulling, choking. If you're being sexual abused, Sexually abused, chances are you're being physically abused or verbally abused. That's another one. Name calling or being yelled at, screaming, having a put down, being mocked, being belittled. Or maybe if you're in a marriage situation, there's financial abuse. Maybe there's money being restricted from you or your spouse is hiding money or they're overspending money and leaving you with nothing or they're taking out loans in your name or stealing money from you, controlling or deceiving you about money. You have a right to know where the money's going. Listen, women of God, precious sister, do not just sit back and live in abuse. Do not. Speak up. Say something. Talk about it. Shatter the silence and name the abuse. And then number three, 
do not minimize it. This is close to what I was just saying, but if abuse has happened in the past, it's not happening now, still be careful not to rationalize it away or excuse it away or say, oh, I forgave or that was a long time ago or recognize that, you know, oh, it's okay. A lot of people go through it. No, 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 no. You have the right to accept and acknowledge and embrace how abuse has destroyed your life and how you've been hurt by it. You need to know God hates abuse. Did you hear me? God hates abuse. And God wants to wrap his holy arms around you and give you strength. And you need to be honest about how you're feeling and what you're facing as a result of what happened to you. You need to be honest about the symptoms and the struggles that you have and decide, you know what, I'm not going to dismiss them anymore. I can't ignore it anymore. I can't push it all down anymore. I don't have it all together, and that's okay. And lastly, if there's abuse going on now, find a safe place if necessary. Don't stay in abuse. Get out. Call a women's shelter. But please don't stay in an abusive environment. In fact, help can be found. Call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656. Excuse me, Again, that's 656-4673 or 1-800-656-HOPE. We chat online at online.rain, R-A-I-N-N.org. Call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. Whatever you do, do not live in abuse. Well, this has been a heavy topic, but I hope it's been helpful to you. I really want to see you live full and free lives. That's what the Freedom Girl Sisterhood is all about. Join us each week at this same time, same place. Next week, I'll have the sisterhood with me, but I want to pray for you right now. Dear Jesus, for every woman listening to my voice, I pray deliverance and breakthrough. I pray strength and healing. I come against fear in the name of Jesus, and I bind that, and I push fear back. And God, I ask that you'd release wisdom and boldness and courage, healing and hope. Great hope, God, I pray. And Father, I thank you that right now we've prayed that you heard us and you are on the move. You will deliver. And I give you praise and glory for that, God. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, amen, amen, amen. Girls, our time is up. I hope you know I love you. That's why I come to you each week. I hope you know that God has called you to be free, to have a full life, an abundant life, an overjoy, full, fulfilling, victorious, amazing life. And if I were you, I wouldn't settle for anything. Short of that, this is Don Scott Damon, your freedom coach, reminding you it's freedom time. <laughs>